one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Be sure to give us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. What is up, my friends? You are very welcome along to Thursday night's Late Night Agenda. Scratch, you win. Scratch 83 said, I reckon it's a hoodie night tonight. You're spot on. It absolutely is a hoodie day. It's a little bit chilly. I've still got the shorts on, but you're right. It is hoodie weather. Not polo shirt weather today. It's a little bit chilly. There's heavy rain warnings over here in Ireland. So we had our few days of summer. That's over now. It's back to proper Irish weather. So look, how we all doing? We'll wait for the chat to fill up. But as always, we'll... uh, We'll say thank you to you guys who come in nice and early. I do sometimes try to pop in a few minutes early to interact in the chat a little bit. Uh, Thursday night football on tonight. Yes, looking forward to it. Um, Vikings are playing tonight, right? If I'm not mistaken. I was looking earlier on at the fixture. Vikings-Eagles actually tonight. So I'll be definitely tuning in for that one. So yeah, we all good. Appreciate you guys giving up some of your Thursday as always to come and chat with little old me. We've got a, quite a bit to go through tonight. We'll look ahead to the game against Wolves, of course. We'll discuss the team selection for that. We'll talk about contractual situations of certain players at the club. We will, of course, talk about the title of tonight's stream, which you're probably wondering about. I'm not wishing away Jurgen Klopp. I'm not asking for the swap. It was reported in Germany, and that's why it's tonight's stream title, because this is what we do. People still don't understand that sometimes uh, what we do with these stream titles is we find a headline that we think will stir emotion and we use it as a jumping off point for a conversation. We're never claiming it to be right or wrong. We just use it as a jumping off point to see how people feel about the ideas. And with that in mind, you know, I hope that you're all open to the conversation tonight because let me say first and foremost, I want Jurgen Klopp to stay forever. I want Jurgen Klopp to be here when my grandkids are born. I want Jurgen Klopp to be the Liverpool manager for as long as he wants to be. But he himself has said that he's probably going to go take a break at some point and that led to this story in the German media about potentially Nagelsmann taking the German job, then keeping the seat warm there for Jurgen Klopp and then both of them swapping. And I'll go into it in more detail as we go on tonight. 
Uh, Colin, how are we? Always in with the first super chat. We love that. Said, evening cutie. Got to remind you daily. Anyways, I'm so happy with the team we have right now. All the lads are great people and players. I'm so excited. Um, Thank you for the cutie stuff, mate. I, I'm always good on every second Thursday because I had my psychologist appointment today. I usually get back just before 7 o'clock from that. And uh, I'm in good form today, mate. So appreciate that. And yeah. I'm looking forward to the Reds being back in action on Saturday. I'm not looking forward to it being a half past 12 kickoff because, you know me, I, that's peak sleeping time for me. But um, it's just great to be looking forward to a game rather than staring into the abyss of another international break. Nagelsmann for Klopp I see is a slight step down but not a big one, said Scratch83. I'm still unsure on Nagelsmann, but I will, I'll be honest about something. I do have a preconceived notion of Julian Nagelsmann. And let me just cast your mind back to him when he was Hoffenheim manager. And he rocked up to Anfield for a Champions League qualifier. And I'll never forget him saying this. He came out and said something along the lines of, my players aren't going to be intimidated by the atmosphere at Anfield. And they were, and we won, and the rest is history. But ever since that, I've kind of not been able to take to him. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just him trying to take the pressure off his players. But I just felt at that moment when I was watching him, he always struck me as a little bit arrogant. Now, obviously, I don't know Julian Nagelsmann, but he must be doing something right if he's 36 years of age and he's in and around all these top jobs. So let's have a conversation about that one tonight. Would you be happy if that was the case? And I'll read through the article momentarily. One second, let me get it open. Did I not put it into the stream notes? I swear I did. Oh yeah, there it is. Right. So, and you can find this, by the way, over the Anfield Agenda Twitter account, if you want to go, or X account, I should say, at this point. Julian Nagelsmann could become Germany manager for a short period of time and then step aside for Jurgen Klopp before replacing him at Anfield. Managing Liverpool has always attracted Nagelsmann in the past, and that's from Build Sport. So... Let's just use this as a jumping off point. What do you think of that idea as a theory? Let's say Julian Nagelsmann took over the German job for two and a half years until Jurgen Klopp's contract at Liverpool was over. And then Klopp became the German national team coach and Julian Nagelsmann came in and managed Liverpool. What would we think about that? Would we be happy, unsure, sad? I'd be in the unsure camp, to be honest with you. Um... He's had a bit of a rocky road in his managerial career over the last couple of jobs. It would maybe come down to how he does with the German national team for me. I wouldn't want to say going into him taking the job, yes, two and a half years, let's bring Nagelsmann in. But if he can make a better fist of that German job than Hansi Flick did, then maybe. Uh, <laughs> Craig Eaton said, hi Craig, what a wonderful name you have. Right back at you bro, right back at you. Klopp will not leave, don't worry. He will eventually, eventually. And look, his contract is up in 2026. And I don't think anybody's suggesting that Klopp's leaving before then. I don't even think this article is suggesting that Klopp leaves before then. I think the article suggests that Nagelsmann comes in and does one round of qualifying and one tournament maybe with the German team and then swaps it over. And Klopp takes that job and he comes to Liverpool. And I just wanted to see how everybody feels about that. Not sure Klopp will leave Liverpool, said Bongi. I think... Look, I'd love you to be right. God, I'd love it. I don't want Klopp to go. 
But, you know, he's spoken himself about the pressure, about the all-encompassing role of being Liverpool manager. Um, and he's spoken about wanting a break at some point. So I don't know if he'll want a break before he moves into the German national team job, in which case this scenario wouldn't really play out well. Um, but I guess we work off the assumption that in 2026, Jurgen will will move on and either take a break or maybe move to another national team job or something. Would rather the Zerbi or Alonso? I mean, they're both good candidates. Um, I think it's still a little bit too early to be singing on the Alonso hymn sheet yet. I think he still has a bit more to prove. Obviously, he's had a good start with Real Sociedad's B team. And then come in and obviously transform that by a Leverkusen team into a far more uh, attack-minded winning team than they were previously. De Zerbi, um, he's a good manager. There's, there's not really much to add to De Zerbi. He is a good coach. And I think he will also be in demand and should be in the list of play or managers we're talking about as a potential for Liverpool. Nagelsmann is a good coach. I will be happy with this arrangement, said Mr. H or Mr. M. H. Xabi Alonso for next manager if he keeps playing the way he is. The only problem I see with the Alonso situation is what I've said to you guys before. Real Madrid's job's going to come up before our job. And if Real Madrid decide that Xabi Alonso is the one that they want to come in and replace Carlo Ancelotti, I don't know if that's going to be a job he can turn down. Um, so I'm working off the assumption that he might not be available. In two years time because he could be Real Madrid's manager uh, Luke I'm sorry your internet was down buddy great to have you back though uh, Firmino said can I say thanks to everyone who appreciate my birthday yesterday happy birthday yesterday mate and I hope you had a good day just happy to finally watch them again tomorrow said Colin well Friday but yes it is great that the Reds are back in action I'm um I'm chuffed and looking forward to it. I just recorded the preview for the Wolves game before I did this stream. So Connor will put that out tomorrow. So do keep an eye out for that one. I've done my starting 11 prediction, score prediction, the usual stuff. If Vardy does his coaching badges, do you think he'll be in with a show? No. Um, I don't want to be overly rude with it in how I'd answer that question. If I was talking to my mates about the idea, I'd probably have a far more... Um, vicious answer but let me just say i don't believe vardy has the intellect to manage liverpool yeah that's probably the best way i can put it uh craig i think klopp leaves in 2026 we get alonso his contract ends the same time as klopp's Yes, and Joshua, the only I'm going to keep coming back to this because I've been told that Real Madrid are going to look for Xavi Alonso. So when Carlo moves on, probably to the Brazil national team job at the end of the season, um, unless that's already been announced as happening, but that is what's going to happen. I think um, I think Real Madrid will turn their attention to to Xavi Alonso if he continues to do so well at Leverkusen, and obviously with him having played for Real Madrid as well as of course playing for us in Bayern Munich. You can see the draw for him. The international break felt like an eternity. Oh, Josh, it was horrible. And the bad news is there's another one in October and then there's another one in November. And I don't understand the benefit of it because 
all you've had happen in three international breaks is lads have to fly all over the world. So the likes of, if you're at a club, right, and you've got players from South America or Africa in there, fair amount of flying during these international breaks. And I don't understand the benefit or thought process of doing it in September, October, and November and making them travel in all of those times back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Why not just start the season a month later and get these internationals out of the way? Or take the whole of November off and get these internationals out of the way? It just seems like it's asking for injuries, it's asking for player fatigue, and it doesn't give the managers a chance to really get their squads firing on all cylinders. And let's not forget, it's not just that there's an international break in September, October, November. We've also got the AFCON and the Asian Cup, I think it is, in January. So that's going to be another break. And then we've got another international break in March. So that's five international breaks I can think of off the top of my head in one season. It's too much. And it needs to be resolved. I don't I don't like it. I don't like the way there's so many of them. Um particularly now like if you didn't have a good start to the premier league campaign let's say you're newcastle as an example of three points from 12 maybe you think all right this international break gives you a chance to reset come back focused after the international break and go again but if you're somebody like liverpool or arsenal manchester city and you've had a good start and you want to capitalize on that good start well this throws that up in the air especially when BT choose you for the half past 12 kickoffs for two international breaks in a row. That annoys me because in my predictions and my preview earlier on, I don't think we see Darwin start. I don't think we see, um, well, Trent isn't going to start by the looks of it. And I don't think that's because Darwin isn't good enough or I think he just has to be safe with these things. And I don't think Diaz starts either, by the way. Um, because of all of that traveling. McAllister, I think, will start. Um, he played a day before Darwin. So, again, it's just putting certain teams and certain clubs in the disadvantage. And why do we always get the half past 12s? Why is it that others get more time to recover than our players? Again, and next month when we play Everton, same thing. International break, half past 12 kickoff. Uh, Ryan was in training today. Yes, Rachel, he was. Gravenberg was in training today, which is good news. Looking forward to uh, to seeing him play. I don't think he starts, to be honest with you, because Klopp usually won't start people until they're up to speed. And I don't think Gravenberg will have had enough training to be ready yet. But we may see him off the bench. These international breaks are so Harry Maguire can get match practice. Fair. Um yeah, Harold, God, the keep the keeps on giving. Um, right, really quickly, just want to say thank you to everybody who left a lovely comment on the. Uh, I don't know what Ben titled the video as, but basically the short that we did yesterday, where I was speaking about the car and the nineteen years and all that stuff. I read through all the the comments on the short, and it was so lovely. Thank you. It it. I sat there with my wife this afternoon. And we both read through the comments and people were saying, you know, things that you don't ever think of of yourself, like you're an inspiration or you've helped me or things like that. Um, and it's a long way to be there from you're a twat, you're a ball twat, I hate you, go kill yourself, all the shit that I dealt with in the past. So to those people that took time 
to get to know me a little bit before judging me or even did pre have preconceived ideas of me but changed their opinion when they watched thank you thank you for giving me a chance thank you for giving me the time to show you the real me um and thank you for being patient with me so that's all i wanted to say about that was just thank you to everyone for those lovely comments it really was a a nice moment to sit there at my wife today read through them and to show yeah it's changed a bit and um it's it's great so thank you for that right more news see joe Polina signed a new contract uh at fulham which is very weird I, I don't understand why he's done that um unless there's a guaranteed buyout or something in it so deal done joe Polina signed a new contract at fulham until june 2028 i did not see that coming um i thought he was going back to to Bayern Munich in January in all honesty so unless this has a guaranteed clause or something in it that means he can go for a set fee I, I, I don't think he'd sign it until then um, yeah it does make sense to me as to why he'd sign it if there wasn't a guarantee and how he could get out uh, Craig's journey back to life yes that's what Ben called it thank you Mark I knew there was a name on it that I just didn't know because I didn't even know he was pulling that clip yesterday first thing I knew about it was I got a message from Steve Bland going that's lovely dude I'm really happy for you that you got the car and that and I was like huh hey, what and then I seen the clip I was like oh that's what it's about beer time said Neville and Moodley I don't really drink mate um, I'm going to meet up with Lee Gunner next month. Um, Lee's going to come down to where we're staying in Spain and we're we're going to have a couple of drinks together. So I will have a drink next month on holidays, but not now. I don't really drink very often. Tiago news. Um, I don't really have anything other than something I read in AS today, Mari, and I'll read it out to you now. The claim says, Tiago Alcantara wants to leave Liverpool before tomorrow's transfer deadline in Turkey. The Reds midfielder has today been linked with a move to Trabzonspor, who are looking to add to their squad at the last minute. The latest update from AS, who I believe are a Spanish outlet, on Thiago's situation has stated that the Spaniard is keen to secure his move, though the Liverpool coaching staff prefers that he doesn't leave. It goes on to say that Liverpool are not open to any negotiation for the player, despite a two-year deal with the option of a third being put forward by the Turkish side. So... I thought we would probably lose him in January when we went back in for Andre, if that was the case. But I would let him go if he wants to go. Um, I think we have enough squad depth now in midfield. And I'm, I, I'm always... I'm a bit of a softy when people just want to play football. If people want to leave because they want out of Liverpool, like Coutinho or whatever... I feel a little bit, mm. but if you're like want to play football because your career is coming to its end and you're on the bench a lot, like I didn't buy it from Henderson because I felt like he just wasn't, didn't have the stomach for the fight for his place because there were minutes there for Henderson, but I don't think there's really minutes there for Thiago. So look, I wouldn't stand in his way if, if an opportunity came his way that he was open to. Certainly wouldn't be kicking the man out the door. But, you know, if we really are going to go in for Andre in January, then you've got Andre, Endo by Cecic, um, Gravenberg to a certain extent that can all play in some version or variation of the six. Then you've got McAllister, Sobitzlai, um, Gakpo, Elliot, Jones, who can play in the advanced midfield position. So I think we're well stocked. Didn't Thiago turn down Saudi? So 
I know we turned down an offer from Qatar. He may well have had an offer from Saudi, mate, that I just can't remember, I don't know about, but I remember there was an interest in him from Qatar, definitely. <clears throat> Find myself tuning in most nights, doing a great job, Craig, very informed and no BS. Thank you. Yeah, I do spend a lot of time reading shit, mate. Um, yeah, when I'm not here in front of camera, I'm watching football, reading about football, reading transfer newspaper stories, messaging and emailing people to try and find out bits and pieces. It's uh, It consumes my life, football. Um, but I'm not going to apologise for it. I love it. I love it. I love that I'm able to be somehow in a small, tiny, tiny way involved in the whole football world and ecosystem. It's a privilege. Uh, Craig was heartbroken when I heard your story. Love you and admire you, man. Thank you, Kim. Um, look, I will someday tell you all the story. Um, because... Not because I want to tell you the story or because I think it's a particularly... Great... Um... I don't think I've done anything brilliant. I, when I say I will tell the story, I, I mean it because I hope it will just give somebody else that little bit of hope. Because that little bit yesterday was only scratching the surface of what's happened between the ages of 15 and 14 even and, you know, 22, 23. I'll talk about it someday. Maybe on someone else's podcast or something. Jack, mate, you watching? Happy hour? Come on, dude. Makes sense. Best story you're ever going to get. Um, Yeah, someday I'll talk about it, but... It still hurts. So, yeah, even to do that yesterday was tough, but... um, It's just a proud day. It was just a proud day, you know, 19 years to get to that point. Uh... How many trophies will we win this season? One. I'm going to say we win the Europa League. We finish second in the Premier League. And I don't know about the domestic cups because some of the times that just comes down to the draw you get and how serious your manager wants to take it. So I'll say we win the Europa League, come second in the Prem. How many subs till 214? So, there was a bit of a purge yesterday. Oh, I got such a fright, lads. <laughs> I'm so insecure that when I finished the stream yesterday, we lost 100 subscribers. And I'm thinking, oh, people hate me because I spoke about my life or something like that. And that's why we lost them. But then I found out it was a YouTube purge and I felt a lot better. Um, so, in answer to your question, we're about 500 away from 214k. Can Thiago be replaced on the Euro squad? Yes, in January. Yeah, and same Premier League squad. You put in another one again in January, but um, I don't know if you mean can he be replaced by somebody else because ultimately I don't think we have anyone else to replace him unless they're under the age of 21, in which case I don't think they need to be pushed onto the squad uh, with UEFA, if I'm not mistaken. City not looking too hot. We can be consistent. We can get the league. It's definitely possible, Nimoy. Um, you know, we know as a club what it took out of our players mentally, physically, you know, chasing down four trophies. And City 
got closer than we did to be fair they got three of the four we got ended up with two lost in the Champions League final and lost out in the league so we know what that took and the and the season we had after that was was not good enough let's be honest so yeah I do agree that they're not looking as strong as they can be you know they're going to be without De Bruyne for a while and I think if you can stay with them in the early paces of the league then you've got a chance. You know, you just don't want to let Man City get ahead of you because Pep is very, very good at building up early points in the season. Look at the history of him at Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Manchester City. You know, his teams are good front runners. So if we can get ahead of them, maybe. Uh, Premier League, Europa League and FA Cup, said Rob. God, I may, I take the first two. A Premier League Europa League double would be unfecking believable. Wow. Yeah, that would be amazing. I feel like Kloppo has one more big trophy in a minimum. And I don't consider the Europa League a big trophy. I mean, Premier League, Champions League. The Europa League would be great, but the Premier League, Champions League are the big ones. Uh, Craig, have you heard about the Sancho news? Yes. So, if I'm not mistaken, Jaden Sancho is training with the underage team at Manchester United. He's been separated from the first team, if I have this right. And it's it's difficult for me from the outside to speak about because I don't know the real reasons. I don't know if if Jaden Sancho's mental health struggles play a part of it. I don't know if there's a personality clash between himself and Eric Ten Hag. I don't know if indeed he's been scapegoated by Ten Hag because I don't know the situation at United well enough to know, um, you know, the real situation there. But what I'll say is the young man's far too talented to have been in this position. Um, Whatever we all think about Sancho and move to United and whatnot, I think we'll all agree there's a player there. There's a very good player there. And why it hasn't happened for him at Manchester United, I guess I'll leave that to the United fans to, to speak about. But, you know, I just hope that he finds some peace and gets to play football. You know, that's, I guess that's the, the, the most sincere i can be about it you know does the liverpool fan in me that like wants to laugh at united floundering around a bit again but then there's the human side of it where i know that he's had mental health concerns and you know i, I won't go in on anybody over that ever now pogba is an interesting one so apparently they want a counter analysis of the um testosterone sample that was found and I'm going to say what I said yesterday on this and on any of these situations about um, failing drug tests. If you do what Pogba's do now and profess innocence and it's categorically shown that you cheated, and I don't mean trace samples, I mean it's strong enough to show that you cheated, if you did, and I don't know if Pogba did or didn't, I think you, you, you deserve to have the book thrown at you. If you put your hands up early doors and go, like I said yesterday, and say something like, I tried to take a shortcut to get back to fitness, and I got caught. I've no excuse. I think the whole world would be like, more understanding, and the ban should be less, 
because you've stopped dragging the process out. And I think anybody who's forthright and sincere in an apology, you know, that should count for something. But if you're somebody that just keeps denying, 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 the evidence suggests otherwise, I think the book should be thrown at you. But I don't know in Pogba's case. We have to wait and see what happens when the um, counter sample is is taken. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a sports scientist. I'm not a doctor. Um, yeah, I don't really have much else to add to that other than um, I don't remember a time where anybody's ever really put their hands up and gone, "Yeah, I cheated." There's always a fucking excuse, isn't there? There's always like extenuating circumstances or some bullshit wild boar or tainted beef or you know i think again we sometimes get treated like idiots by by these people and things get spun to suit narrative so let's just wait and see how it plays out but not a fan of drug cheats in sports not at all and you know football okay maybe it's not the same as a drug cheat in a combat sport where you can literally kill somebody but uh it's not a great look do you think the premier league should have a salary cap like la liga yeah i, I don't know how it would be worked and i'm not clever enough to figure it out but I do have a rough idea of the La Liga internal FFP system where there's a central computer, I think, where La Liga input all of the club's finances into it and you know they come up with a, a spending cap for them for the year based on their revenue. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, Some clubs are going to generate more money than other clubs. That's just a fact of, of the way sport is. But the most important thing in all of this should be that those clubs are around for the next 50 100 years so yeah maintaining the the future of the clubs should come above any owner's short-term goals that might put these clubs in jeopardy so yes i would agree Uh, Maradona did in 86 again that was a bit different though Maradona was taking recreational drugs um, you know again I'm not saying that, that that shouldn't count of course if you're taking recreational drugs like uh, cocaine and you've caught with it you deserve a ban but when you're when you're taking it to improve your performance to improve your longevity your recovery um your production of blood cells you know that's that's just scummy in my opinion that's that's everything that sports not about that's sports should be fair what's my favorite food mm, probably pizza <laughs> yeah i do love pizza sorry let me just check someone sent something to me i'm just opening a link Yeah, so uh, thank you, Mark, for sending it on to me. It's just about Manu Kone being apparently available for a knockdown price in January, which is kind of conflicting to what came out of Bruce E. Munch and Gladbach, which was that they don't need to sell him, that they don't want to sell him, and that he absolutely won't be available at a knockdown fee. So it's hard to know who to believe in these types of scenarios. Right, Alison, 
So did you guys know that Alisson received a considerable pay rise over the summer, uh, which is now apparently making him the third highest earner at the football club behind Mohamed Salah and Virgil van Dijk? I didn't know about it, but let me say one thing. I'm glad, because he deserves it. And I don't think anybody would argue against the man getting a rise to put him up at the top earners of the club because 100% has earned every damn pound of it. Uh, they go on to say that in The Athletic that a clause was triggered in his existing contract with the Reds regarding a pay increase and that Alisson is happy and settled at the club despite talk of Saudi Arabian interest. Good, because we have the best goalkeeper in the world who deserves to be a high earner at our club because he is the model of consistency and... We're very fortunate to have him. So, yeah, that's what I class as a good news story because he fucking earned it. Let's be honest, the man earned it. Um, Do you want a bit of a mad one? Um, there's a report coming out of Spain to say that Liverpool have a chance to get Vinicius Jr. I didn't realise that he hadn't actually signed that new deal at Real Madrid. That has been mentioned. But... um. Apparently, he's had a contract at the end of the season. I, I, I don't know where to go with that, in all honesty, because I don't see him leaving Real Madrid. And I can't even believe that they've let it go this late about a contract. Like, how have you let him go into the last year of his contract? Because if that's true, can't he sign a pre-contract agreement? Now, I know there'd be a compensation due, I think, for the fact he's under 24 if he moved. But very weird from Real Madrid if they like if he hasn't signed that new deal yet. Because um, you would have thought that was a formality. He seems very settled and, and very liked at Real Madrid. And he's certainly performing at Real Madrid. So I, I don't in any way think... Um, I'll read you out what it says so you guys can gauge it for yourself. It says, The possibility of Vinicius Jr. joining Liverpool next summer hasn't been ruled out amid uncertainty over Salah's long-term future. Liverpool managed to keep hold of Mohamed Salah this summer, although uh, everybody believes that Saudi Arabia will come back in from either in January or the end of the season. Then it goes on to say, Spanish outlets Sport have suggested a door of hope could open for Liverpool due to his future, as in Vinicius Jr.'s future, being up in the air. It's been suggested last summer the Brazilian had agreed a new long-term contract at the club, though this is yet to be confirmed by the club. As a result, the Reds remain waiting as long as there are possibilities of signing him. Uh, another part of the article goes on to say... Uh, Vinicius Jr., whose current deal is set to expire next summer. So, yeah. How did Madrid let that happen? Now, even if it is 2025, because I guess next summer, to me, I think next summer being at the end of this season. That's the way I read that phrase. But even if it is next summer, you don't want him going into 18 months left on his contract because, you know, there'd be clubs tripping over themselves to try and get the kid in because he's brilliant. And if Real Madrid are looking to get in Mbappe and they've got Endrick coming... um. I don't know. Like, I don't believe it, but I also would love it. You know, who wouldn't love Vinicius Junior at their club? 
Uh, by the way, Craig, all the suggested salary replacements like Liao, Kavara, and Nico are all left wing, not right wing. I know, but I think we get caught up too much in that, mate. You know, I said this before. Players have switched wings before and been just fine. Um, the modern trend is to have inverted wingers, but you know we've seen with Sadio Mane when he came to Liverpool, he started on the right hand side, then Mohamed Salah came and he switched over to the left hand side. So it's not unheard of for people to swap wings. Uh, Kim said, I can see Vinicius Jr. leaving because of racism issues. Well, yes, I, I do hear where you're coming from on that, Kim. He has been subjected to some blatantly disgusting racism. And I think we all stand with him on that. Um, and look, nobody's squeaky clean. I'm not sitting here trying to shit on the Spanish League or the Spanish people and say they are worse than X, Y or Z. But nobody in any world wants sport to be taken over or to have racism keep rearing its ugly head. We should be behind the kid 100% in that regard. And yeah, if he does want to leave and that's one of the reasons, then bring it in, Vinny. There's a club hug waiting for you. He wouldn't get into the Liverpool team. I don't know, mate. I think we might find a way for him. Uh, look, by the way, folks, if you are new to the channel, one, you're very welcome in. Great to have you with us. Two, please do hit that subscribe button. Uh, drop a like on the video as well. We're going to 300 likes. There's 1,850 people watching, so we can get that up higher. And also, don't forget, um, six days from now, we launch our brand new channel, Top of the League. You can see it in the bottom right-hand corner there. There's a QR code, or you can go to the description of this stream, and there's a link there where you can subscribe to our new channel. We're going to be kicking off with Bayern Munich, Manchester United. We're going to be doing unpopular opinion videos on there. We're going to be doing live watch-alongs. We're going to be doing debates. We're going to be doing pre-recorded content, breaking news stories. Everything that you would expect from your new favourite football channel. So please do go across and subscribe to it. We're closing in on 12,000 subscribers. And yeah, if you guys could jump across and hit that subscribe button, that would really make a big difference to us. And I can't wait to get stuck into another channel. We got Diaz, though. We need to focus on central backs and central midfielders. We do, but all this is only a conversation for when Mohamed Salah moves on, mate. Nobody's suggesting that we need these, we need Vinny now or we need Rafa Liel now or, you know, Kavaricelli now. It's only when Mohamed Salah moves on. Uh, Christian. I feel like we haven't had a new member in ages, so thank you, Christian. Christian uh, Piveral, welcome to Anfield Agenda FC, my friend. And don't forget, if you are a member of Anfield Agenda FC or Anfield Agenda Ultras, a couple of things. You do get your name in green to me or other users, making it easier to spot out your comments. You get the Anfield Agenda logo beside your name. You get all the custom emojis. You'll get some custom wallpapers. Uh, if you're an Anfield Agenda Ultras member, you get into our Discord group, which is for Ultra members only. And you also get all the post-match extra stuff. So on Sunday, there'll be a video, a tactical breakdown of the Wolves game that's only for members. Another benefit members get is when these live streams are over, we put them on members only so only members can watch them back. Uh, and a few other bits and pieces as well. So thank you for your continued support on that. What else is there? Um, what do you think about the Anthony situation? It's, I'm not qualified to talk about it. I don't know enough about the situation. Um, what I will say is, it hasn't been a great look for football over the last 
year, two years, with the amount of players who have been accused of or up in court for cases around sexual assault charges. You know, some of them guilty, some of them not guilty. But either way, not a good look for the sport. And I think you have to start looking into why these things are happening. Um, It's tough. Like, you can look at it from various angles. You can look at it that they're just privileged young men who don't hear the word no very often. You can look at it from the point of view of people trying to make money off someone or people trying to ruin someone's reputation you don't know every case should be taken on its own facts and certainly nobody should be prejudged um so i I don't i don't feel fair to comment on the anthony situation because i just truly don't know anything about it um but again i'll just say it's it's not a good look for football Uh, do you think Gravenberg starts this weekend? No, I don't. Um, I don't think... A couple of reasons. One, he wasn't exactly getting many minutes at Bayern, so I'm not sure how sharp he is. Two, how up to speed is he in our system? And, you know, for this game, the first one back after the international break, I think Klopp tries to go with continuity and, you know, tried and tested players. So, I don't think so. You might see him off the bench. Um, probably see him in the Europa League game midweek, but don't think he starts. Uh, Mark is gifting a membership. Thank you, Mark. That's gone to Stanislav Kankov. Thank you, Mark, for that one. Uh, Craig, thoughts on Grafenberg as DM and Dom McAllister as the other two. So... I'm with you 100% on the Dom and McAllister. That's my preference for our two number 10s. I want both of them. And then I want Elliot and Jones to be pushing them and rotated with them. I don't know where to expect Gravenberg to play. Excuse me, because he's not a natural six in the sense of the word that, you know, he's not a Fabinho. But he could be a different kind of six. So I'm excited, in all honesty, because we've got Endo by Cechic. Gravenberg, McAllister, Thiago, who in some way, shape or form can play in the six. And then so many of these guys can play in more advanced positions as well. So yeah, it'll be tough to see what settles into our best midfield. But I think the fact that we don't know that is a good thing as well, because it gives everybody a chance to fight for a spot. Have you seen Madrid B and C team news? No idea what that's about, Tiffany, my friend. No, haven't seen it. What's this about Barella? Do you have my fucking notes in front of you or something, dude? Because you're, you're, you're not, well, well played, Luke. You're calling out stuff that I do have in my notes. Um, so, as Luke said, what's all this about Barella? Well, Liverpool haven't given up, apparently, on signing Nicolo Barella. Um, a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. According to Romanista, Liverpool have been monitoring the Italian for a number of months and Jurgen Klopp's side have never given up hope of seeing him play at Anfield. They claim the Italian international's exit could be made softer by the acquisition of Sassuolo's Davide Fratesi. I have no idea. Look, I don't think anybody here would be angry if Liverpool signed Barella. I think that's a fair statement to make. But... He's going to be 27, heading for 28. And he's probably going to cost over 70, 75 million pounds. That doesn't strike me as a John W. Henry type of signing. We know how hard Klopp had to work to convince him to sign a 30-year-old Endo for 16 million. So... It would be a pleasant surprise, I think is the best way I can put it. Queen Nadra said, I don't believe FSG are going to spend high on Vinny if Salah leaves. They'll probably get us cheaper options like Bowen or Mbwemo. I See, Queen Nadra, the, what stru- I've struggled with about Mohamed Salah's departure, whatever it is, is will we try for a like for like? Or will we try to split it? And no, we have Ben Doak. So maybe, as you said, go for a slightly cheaper option as another winger, and then bring in, let's say, a multitask forward who can play across the front line. Somebody maybe like, again, not using these as the right examples, but just to give you an idea of what type of forward, like a Joao Felix, a Kai Havertz, a Florian Wirtz, that type of um, versatile forward. So yes, it's going to be interesting, all right, to see. And I think you're right. I don't expect them to go out and spend the money on Vinicius Jr. Now, if we had have got 200 million for Salah in this window, maybe a bit different. Maybe then you think, yeah, maybe they'll spend 150 or something. But yeah, I can't see it either. Uh, Eric Ten Hag wants to sign four Madrid players. Does he not know he just had a transfer window? Is, does El Ten Hag forget that he just had a window? To do his business in the same as everybody else. You know. When do Liverpool get to have a £70 million mistake? Because I look around the times and I see Arsenal with Pepe. £70 million mistake. United with Sancho. At this moment in time, £70 million mistake. Anthony legally could be a £70 million mistake. Or more. I'd love for Liverpool to have the ability to shit the bed like that with 70 million quid and it not destroy the finances. Um, But yeah, Ten Hag, like every other manager, had a window to do his business in and spent 
if I'm not mistaken, a good chunk of money in this last window as well. Sorry if it's personal. Don't let the early male debts in your family worry you. Nothing written in stone. God cares about you too. Thank you, Kim. Now, on the early male debts in my family thing, it wasn't a an illness or a hereditary problem. It was alcoholism in both cases. And that's why I don't really drink. So... I'm hoping, Kim, that if I can, you know, stay clear of that vice, that I should live longer. Because, you know, there's no real history of illness in my family. But, unfortunately, in those two cases, my grandfather, my father, 37, 45, the, the demon drink was involved. Uh, Rachel, thank you for gifting five Anfield Agenda memberships. That's very kind of you. They've gone to Alex McDade, to Moha Ahmed, to Tiffany to Oliver Hunt and to Dave. No, the Face Me Network. There you go. Who got the best signing of the summer? It's a good question. Um, I think every club will make their own argument. So Liverpool, I think we got the bargain of the summer with Alexis McAllister because of that clause in his deal. I think Arsenal got a brilliant piece of business in Declan Rice. Um, Chelsea got fleeced <laughs> uh, multiple times. Um, actually, on that, let me. I was going to come on to Manchester United and Mason Mount, but I do have a piece to read out from that. So, James Pierce of The Athletic has said, Liverpool valued Mason Mount around £40 million. Manchester United signed him for sixty million pound and are paying him two hundred and fifty grand a week. I said to you guys when we were linked with Mason Mount, um, you probably remember this. I'm happy with Mount of forty million. Anything above that, and you're overpaying, particularly with his contractual situation at Chelsea. So this is what has United in trouble. This the stupidity because he's not worth sixty million pound. In the situation he was in. Not in any way, shape or form. And United went in and... You know... We had to listen to United fans going... Oh, we beat you to Mason Mount. And then, Fair enough, but you paid too much money for him. And um, it's not working out too well for you at the moment. So I think United just need to sort their shit out. Because it doesn't take a genius to say the biggest number. You know, to kind of rob a, a phrase from succession, like, well done, geniuses, you said a bigger number. You know, it's it's been able to say that we don't see value at that number and walking away that I think shows a very well-managed club. And there's been some examples of that throughout the Premier League this summer. You know, we've seen even City walk away from deals at points where they felt there was no value in them. Liverpool have done it. Um, I'm sure other clubs have. I'm sure United themselves have walked away from certain deals where they haven't felt there's value, but they just don't seem to be good at the old negotiations these days, Manchester United. And long may that continue. 250 grand a week. I mean, I just don't get it. Like, Mason Mount is a good football player, but there's a lot of stuff that comes along with it like there's been some injury concerns and he didn't have a great season last season I, I couldn't justify that price tag in my head um the little wiener i mean hello shrimp gang how are we in the house you know paid up member 
uh, said, hey, bud, do you think we got screwed by the Premier League by keep giving a certain person doing VAR in our games? Yes, 100%. And that certain person you're talking about is Paul Tierney. And it's a fucking joke that Paul Tierney is going to be the VAR official in our game. Have the PGMOL not learned a lesson that Paul Tierney won't do the right thing? Paul Tierney won't step up in the VAR room. We've seen this when Alexis McAllister was sent off unfairly. We all knew it within one replay. But himself and Konstantin Hadzadakis decided that they knew better and they couldn't be arsed to tell the referee. They'll say that it didn't meet the threshold. Bullshit. They knew it wasn't a red card. They just bottled it. And me saying they bottled it is me being nice because... The actual reason I think they didn't do it, it's far more sinister. But I've got to be careful what I say. So, yeah, I think we'd all prefer that Paul Tierney was nowhere near a Liverpool game. Um, Michael Oliver being the referee, no issues with that. I think Michael Oliver's a fine referee. Um, But, yeah, it's just asking for trouble. So, in my mind, the little wiener, I'm going into this game expecting to have to overcome a shitty call or expecting to be... 1-0 1-0 down because of something or to have a goal ruled out because of something. I'm expecting to be shafted. Liverpool should have bought Jude Bellingham. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> I was banging that drum for a long time, dude. And on that, actually, uh, Liverpool dropped out of the race to sign Jude Bellingham because they felt they simply couldn't justify committing so much money to one deal when they are in the market for two elite midfielders. That makes my blood boil. And the reason that makes my blood boil is, no shit. But we should have known we needed more than one midfielder. And yet we still fawned after Bellingham for so long, knowing that we were going to need a midfield rebuild. And then this midfield rebuild somehow became a surprise to everybody at the club. So, it'll never sit right with me that Liverpool didn't take that opportunity because we knew what we were going to get, which is what he's shown at Real Madrid. And to those people who were saying that he's overhyped, I don't know if they know football, if they thought that kid was overhyped. He's a superstar. And it'll always sting because I know he was gettable for Liverpool. I know he was. But we bottled it. And look, it worked out okay for us. Dominic Sobotsly, Alexis McAllister, Ryan Gravenberg, Endo. Midfield rebuild has been done relatively well. I'm not sitting here saying that we've a shit midfield. But that type of nonsense that James Pearce reported there. And I say nonsense not to have a pop at James Pearce. James Pearce is A1. Lovely fella. But allowing the club to put that bullshit out unchallenged is what annoys me journalists should be going, you're Liverpool Football Club. Act like Liverpool Football Club. Do the right thing, which is bring the best players in. Because not every player will want to come to your club. Someone like Shuameni wanted to go to Madrid. Bellingham was gettable. Bellingham was doable. And this fawning over FSG and this unchallenging of their ways by many journalists pisses me off. They need to be held to account. And you can say we lost out to Jude Bellingham because he wanted to go to Real Madrid or whatever. But when you read stuff like that, that we only pulled out because we needed another midfielder. 
Are you really trying to tell me that we couldn't have signed him and McAllister? And that's why some of us get pissed off at some journalists. Because they don't seem to have... They know what they should be doing. They know that they should be challenging. But there's too many Liverpool-centric journalists who... Who tow the company line for whatever reason. And that's why I think fan channels right across the board are having their day. Because we can say stuff without fear of repercussion. I can sit here and slag FSG off till I'm blue in the face. And worst thing that happens to me is I don't get to go to a game at Anfield. But my livelihood doesn't change. If you're a journalist like James Pierce. And you grew up supporting the football club. Imagine he was blacklisted because he dared to speak up and he lo- or he lost his job. I understand it, but I don't like the system. I don't like that the clubs have that power. They're almost too big for anybody to challenge. And that winds me up. Because a journalist's job at heart is to ask those probing questions. To put the pressure on those in power to hold them to account on behalf of other people but there's too much pally pally stuff going on between outlets and clubs and i feel we the fans get shortchanged because of that actually quite fucking proud at the way i articulated that to be honest because a year ago i just swore my way through that but i like james pierce he's a lovely guy but where are the people holding clubs to account? You know, and it's for us, this is the FSG's air, Liverpool-centric problem. United have the Glazers. Arsenal fans, I'm sure, have their own issues they'd like to be the club to be challenged on. And so does every club. I just feel like there's not many people who ask the probing, hard-hitting questions to Liverpool. And... Let me know if you agree or disagree. Maybe you guys think I'm being too harsh on the journalists. But when the clubs have this power to grant you the access or the interviews or not, or give you the cold shoulder, when you're in that system and you're reliant on these things for your bread, for your crust, for your wages, obviously it's more difficult to speak out. Which is why I've never wanted anything to do with the club in that regard. And I said it from day one. You will have people who will get the interviews, who will get the access, but everything comes with strings. And I like the freedom to be able to say things how I see them. Uh, Craig, the Real Madrid issue will always be an issue. So even if you come straight to us, the Real Madrid issue will always be real. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying he may not have chose Real Madrid, mate. I'm like Madrid are a huge club, as you've said, big pull, new stadium being or well, stadium redone. You know, a recent history of winning so much. Most successful club in Europe. So yeah, look, they're a big pull, but we didn't even go head to head with them. We just dropped out, and that's the part that makes me sick to my stomach, is that we didn't even try. We just threw our hands up in the air and let them have let Real Madrid have them. 
Uh, Christian Pavaral said, greetings from the USA. Best of luck with the new venture and the new channel. Thank you, Christian. Uh, looking forward to seeing some more football content. Can never walk alone. I also don't drink because of family history of alcoholism. Um, well, sending you love, my friend, and stay strong. And I don't know what you went through, sir. Um, but I know what I went through and I know how it's impacted my life. So thank you for your support thank you for your kindness and again wishing you nothing but a healthy happy peaceful successful life uh craig what has been your best moment as a liverpool fan so far so i've two answers one istanbul i was lucky enough to be there two barcelona comeback early days of the channel i think i had about eighteen thousand subscribers at the time I was in my bedroom at that point making the content in front of a radiator and I'll never ever forget it, ever. As long as I live, never forget it. It was, it was like the fairy tale moment for a football fan, you know? You see your team go away to the new camp, be beaten 3-0 and you're left scratching your head going, how the hell did we lose that game 3-0? We were the better team. And people laughed at us as Liverpool fans saying that. And they point out that Mbele could have made a 4-0. But we also could have scored and pulled one back. But it was never a 3-0 game. But that being said, you're going into the second leg at Anfield. And you're thinking, can we really keep them out? Because if they score one, it's over. And you're thinking, no Salah, no Firmino. Big ask. But as soon as that first one went in, Henderson shot was parried, the ball falls, we score. I don't know. At that one moment, it just felt like something clicked in all of us and we're like, it's on. It's fucking on. Now, if I'm being really honest, I thought we just settled for extra time. I didn't see the quick Origi goal from the Trent corner coming. And that was that that was the cherry on the pie. Because if it went to extra time, we were still beating them. We, it was just our day that day. But to be able to do it in 90 minutes with that special Trent moment, the ball boy, the corner, Origi, great finish. Oh, wow. And then you had Jimmy Milner coming on as well, like just shithousing his way to the final whistle, taking... Winning free kicks on the far side of the pitch. Falling over the ball. Taking his time. Oh. If you could bottle that. And just. Drink it in forever. It was just. Incredible. And every club will have their own. United have 99. Obviously they've got the. The Bayern Munich come back. And those two late goals. And. Oh. Yeah. And look. Even this season right. we Like Newcastle. 70, 75 minutes into that game. Imagine telling you we're going to win that 2-1. Like, and that could be the point that changed our entire season. Because we could have been staring down four points from nine at that point and it looks like a very different season. And you're going into a Villa game then with your tail between your legs a little bit. But now we, um, Darwin's brilliance um, scored the two and then you know, now we're, we're in a different position. It's just small things. Like when they say sport is changed by small, small moments, it's true. 
which is why when you when a referee shafting you or a VAR official shafting you, they can also be the small moments that change the trajectory of a whole season. Start bench sell Salah Suarez Torres said Queen Nadra. Easy. Start Suarez, bench Salah, sell Torres. Um and I know other people will have different answers, but I'm an unapologetic super fanboy of Luis Suarez. I, and I don't even care about the bad stuff. I don't give a shit about the biting. I, do, I don't care. I got to see that man play football in a Liverpool shirt, nutmeg mermaids, and do ridiculous things. And it was a joy, a pleasure, and a privilege. And I appreciated every goddamn second of it. And it was... It was a unique window of time that was so special and beautiful. Mo is the more consistent player, the longer Liverpool career, the bigger numbers. But, oh, those moments with Suarez. Oh. They were special. Um, So, yeah, I would say I would start Suarez, bench Salah and sell Torres. Although Torres, who could forget his opening game against Chelsea? Was it John Terry or Ben Ayoun that he completely just did, went around the outside and buried it? Um, all three, like, the fact that we as Liverpool fans have got to see all three of those gents in a Liverpool shirt, and we haven't even spoke about Owen, Fowler, Rush. Oh, we, we, whatever you say about us, we've been okay with forwards over the years. We've always, always found superstar forwards. Um... Yeah, so Queen Nadra, what about you? Who would you start selling bench? Uh, Cantor said, The Barca win was incredible, but I often wonder to myself, Barca must feel like it was the Champions League in the bag. It was Spurs in the final. Yeah, yeah, sure. Even their um, even their Twitter admin said, Surely we'll score one, right? No, you won't. Um and I love that Leo Messi's son takes the piss out of him and picks Liverpool when they're playing football in the back garden together because Liverpool beat them. I love that. So, did you guys see the story? Mark's just reminded me of it here. Um, a football manager who gambled nearly £1 million, including bets on his own sport, has secretly been let off by the FA, according to Transfer News Live and the athletic uh the manager had eight betting accounts and admitted being a gambling addict in evidence the case also involved two former footballers being accused of blackmailing him and these are the ones who are looking after the sport this is again the hypocrisy of these arseholes who think they can look down their noses at you and me and tell us how to behave and tell us about kicking out racism and homophobia and Islamophobia and hatred. And we should absolutely do all those things. But when that type of cronyism, when that type of bullshit is going on by those in power in the game, that's where we all get angry. Because everything should be transparent in sport. Nothing should be hidden. And if that's the case, then those people at the FA have serious questions to answer and 
I would go as far as to say government interference should happen because you were talking about a cover up there if proven to be correct that is a huge loss of confidence in the institution Um, one second, I'm just reading a quick article here. Sorry, guys, bear with me. Right, so Thiago's agent has come out tonight and said that he will not be leaving Anfield this season. So I think we can put that one to bed now, the Thiago stuff. Thank you, Mark, again for sending that on to me. Thiago's agent has come out today and addressed the links for him to Turkey and said that he will be staying at Liverpool this season. Suarez or Haaland? Josh, people are going to laugh at me for this, but I don't even understand how it's a question. Suarez, every day of the week, every single day of the week, because Haaland's brilliant at what he does, which is score goals, but Suarez is brilliant at everything, or was brilliant at everything, and he can win you a game on his own, and of all the great traits Haaland has, and of all the credit and praise he will rightly receive throughout his career, I don't think he has that trait, he doesn't have a messy a Ronaldo, um, a Suarez, of being able to just grab a game single-handedly, pull a moment out of his ass and make magic happen. That's the difference for me in a great player like Haaland or a generational player like a Messi, a Ronaldo, a Suarez. Uh, don't forget Craig Suarez was brought into the club to help Torres create more goals I know Scott still to this day but I think to myself imagine we actually got to see them together because that was the plan like Scott said the plan was to bring in Suarez to play with Torres we never got to see that but imagine we did imagine Torres and Suarez in the same team in a Liverpool shirt oh my god you know and yeah, it is shit that we didn't get to see that. Uh, Suarez still tied with Salah for the most goals in single Premier League season, not including penalties, said Super 556. Um, the thing I loved about Suarez was it didn't matter whether he was 10 nil up or 10 nil down. He still played with the same intensity, like he wanted to take your head off. Like he was playing for his career every time he stepped on a pitch. And that fighting mentality, that street fighting hard as fuck mentality is one that I just, I'm just drawn to as, as a person. So yeah, I love Suarez. What was your worst period as a Liverpool fan? Well, obviously it was, it was Hillsborough. You know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember Hillsborough and old enough to remember exactly where I was. Um... But if, we, if you want me to push that aside, um, the Hudson era, easily. I mean, to have to look at that team sheet week after week and see some of the gash 
that was wearing a Liverpool shirt at that time was oh it, how do you lose to Northampton Town in the fucking cup like yeah that that was tough some of that stuff under Roy Hodgson was absolute crap um, trying to tell us that Joe Cole was was like Messi like uh, and that was from Gerard's mouth I think on the training ground or trying to big up you know Milan Jovanovic Christian Poulsen <laughs> God Paul Konchesky oh Jesus most underrated player it depends because I feel like there are players who we don't underrate but opposition fans underrate so the answer for me would be Bobby Firmino because I don't think opposition fans ever fully understood what we got to see in Bobby Firmino so him Kout even though we loved him Finnan was a model of consistency um Who else would I say was massively underrated? Genie Wanyaldum. Yeah, Genie Wanyaldum. Risa was just shit. <laughs> I don't get this revisionism with John Anarisa. My memories of John Anarisa was he scores a couple of worldies, but most of the time I was frustrated with balls pinging over the bar by 40, 50 yards nearly. I don't have fond memories of Risa, really, if I'm being honest. Um, Genie Wanyaldum never got the credit that his versatility deserved and I think we only realised how big a void there was when we were still having the conversation a couple of years later going we still haven't replaced Genie we still haven't replaced Genie Aurelio's a good shout as well injuries were obviously what you know curtailed Fabio Aurelio's um, real chances but he had a sweet left foot on him Oh, I have another one for you. Um, Yossi Benayoun, I loved. And Gomez, Maxi Gomez. Or Maxi Rodriguez, sorry. Maxi Rodriguez. Not Maxi Gomez, wrong player. Maxi Rodriguez, I loved as well. Uh, Danny Sturridge, yeah. Sturridge. Yeah. God. Ooh. We had some great moments with Danny Sturridge, definitely. That goal he scored against Sevilla in Basel in the Europa League final we lost. That goal deserved to be the winning goal of a game. It was phenomenal. Um, right, let me just check my notes. I've done that. We've covered that. Covered that. Have you guys seen this list of the top 100 footballers in history according to GDC Media? It's a real stupid list where somehow there's some real glaring omissions from it and some players in it that you just think shouldn't be anywhere near it. Um, Google it for yourself if you get a chance to see or check out the Anfield Agenda Twitter account and you'll see it posted up there. Di Maria, yeah, yeah, Di Maria on the list, Gumis, and really high up as well. Where is Angel Di Maria? 17th. I'm supposed to sit here and accept that somebody thinks 
that Angel de Maria is the 17th greatest footballer to ever grace a football pitch. Ahead of Eusebio and many, many, many others. And two questions about that bullshit list. Where's Mohamed Salah? Where's Drogba? And where's Roy Keane? First and foremost, where the fuck is Roy Keane on your 100 list? Because I tell you what, there are people on that list that weren't fit to lace Roy Keane's boots. And yeah, no Salah on it either. I mean, just it's just it hurts my eyes looking at that list. Top 10 Keane. Look, he's definitely... He's definitely top 50 in anyone's list. The fact they don't even have Roy Keane on that list is, is, is just a travesty, to be honest with you. And the likes of, you know, other greats over the years who've like Phil Thompson and Graham Sooner. Is Sooner on the list, actually? I haven't looked for Sooner. He may be on there. It, it's a real... Fuster cluck of a list. Is Mane there? No. There's a distinct lack of Africans. Samuel Eto not on that list either, by the way. I said this to Ben earlier on in a conversation. There's a distinct lack of Africans on that list for my liking. Um like how do you have no Salah, no Samuel Eto, no Sadio Mane, no Didier Drogba? I mean that's bullshit. That's some bullshit right there. Is Drogba on it? I don't believe so, no. Actually, George Way, I think, is on it. I think George Way is there. Yeah, he's 70, 76, George Way. He is on the list at 76. I grew up with Platini. He was extraordinary, said Kim. Oh, he absolutely was. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Michel Platini, the footballer, was exceptional. He's number 14 on the list. The top 10, anyway, is Messi, Ronaldo, Pele, Maradona, um, Andre Di Stefano, Xavi Hernandez, Johan Cruyff, Ronaldo, Paolo Maldini, and Beckenbauer. That's the top 10 on their list. Gakpo uh, hasn't been good enough last couple of games, said Queen Nadra. Um, I'm, so, I'm, I'm trying to think back, Queen Nadra, sorry. I think he had... A good international break and I think he'll play ahead of Darwin because I think the travel that Darwin's gone through and stuff will come into it. So I do I expect Gakpo to start through the middle. Uh, my front three, I think Salah starts on the right, Gakpo through the middle and I think he goes with Jota on the left because of the travelling that the likes of uh, Lucho and Darwin and Ali, yes, but he's a keeper, so... No Ronaldinho as wild. I'm sure we've seen Ronaldinho on the list. Yeah, he's there. He's 21. Ronaldinho is on the list. But he's 21, which, you know, again, is crazy. Vieira is better than Keane. I mean, regardless of if you do think Vieira is better than Keane, the fact that Keane isn't on the list is a joke. And also... Vieira wasn't better than Keane, but that's for a different day's argument. 
Is Henri on the list? Yes, Thierry Henry's on the list. Dog Leash. Let me see. Right, make this make sense for me, right? Somehow I'm supposed to sit here and say that Radamel Falcao is better than Bobby Moore. Radamel Falcao is apparently a better football player than Bobby Moore. The fuck he is, or was. And Mbappe's 86 on this list. but So Falcao's apparently been a better footballer than Mbappe as well. I mean, for the love of God, I'm still looking for um, Dog Leash. No Dog Leash. No Sooness. No Phil Thompson. No Crazy Horse. Yeah. <laughs> mental. Absolutely mental. Look, my friends, I'm going to call it a night and leave it there. Um, not sure what the story is tomorrow if I'm streaming or not. I'm not 100% certain at this moment, but... We will be back at about half past 11 on Saturday for the Watch Along of the Wolves game. Hope to have you with us for that one. Also, don't forget, scan that QR code on the screen or go into the link in the description of this stream and you'll see a link to join Top of the League and become a subscriber over there. So, yeah, hope to uh, hope to see you on Top of the League next Wednesday when we launch with Bayern Munich, Manchester United. Again, QR code or link in the description. Thank you for your time tonight, my friends. Been a pleasure as always. And yeah, we're less than, what, 40 hours, 36 hours away from the Reds being back in action. And uh, I will see you guys, if not tomorrow, definitely on Saturday morning at half past 11. Have a good one. Much love. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.